turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. <laughs> Love it. I had somebody right before we started recording that uh, came up and said, now, Shannon always says you bounce along and, and dance to the intro music, so are you going to be dancing this time and so you took the lead so i did i, I still love that emailer who said that, that she has a toddler in diapers that whenever she's listening to the podcast that her her baby starts <laughs> dancing around that's right i forgot about that music. one <laughs> well welcome to sexy marriage radio and more specifically welcome to sexy marriage radio getaway that's going on <laughs> so we are thick in the throes of it i don't know what that phrase actually means but it sounds good to say <laughs> We're, we are having some great time the next four days. Just We have started with a bang. Yes. And you know what the coolest <laughs> thing Unintended, <for> me? apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the cool things for me last night was after our session, I went out to the parking lot to call Greg, touch base with him, all that jazz. And... I noticed that there was a car in the parking lot with a sexy marriage radio bumper sticker awesome. on the back. So I have officially that spotted awesome. a car with a bumper sticker other than mine. That's awesome. That's <laughs> well done. <laughs> I love that. So this is Sexy Marriage Radio. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, Shannon Etheridge, where we love hearing from our listeners. That's one of the things we're constantly talking about is our listeners, because seriously, those of you guys that are here, you help make this show what it is. And that is the honest truth. It's because of what you interact with us, you state what's going on, you send us your emails, and that would be at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. That is the email address. And we will say that over and over again, as several people have already pointed out during the weekend thus far. And so we want to hear from you, and we also love it when you help us spread the word and you jump on iTunes and give us any kind of uh, comments or reviews, because that helps us climb the charts in the sexuality category, because what we want to do is swim against the stream with good information that does help married sex because there's just not a lot out there no. that, that's intended <laughs> well, to help. Well, there's a lot out there. Well, fair <laughs> there's, enough. There's just not a lot of healthy, balanced yep. um, awesomeness out and, there like we are. And so if you're listening to this, um, obviously you probably picked up on the fact that we have an audience today and then the next three shows after this one, we mm -hmm. will have an audience. So unless one of these this goes was, really bad and nobody stays to listen to us record in the future. But this is not a four week getaway though. This was no. in, in the, in the context of no. four days that we're just going to um, get several of them in the can while we have a live audience because we certainly feed off of your energy. So thanks for hanging Absolutely. around. Absolutely. And so this leads us right into the topic that we're talking about. This, this largely kind of spawning from our session we just finished mm -hmm. of the importance of physical intimacy. intimacy. Okay, you can tell we we got this really well versed. Um, well, actually, Corey and I were discussing this right before the show, and then we realized, oh no, wait a minute, we have surpassed the forty-five <laughs> second mark. Too we much have prep. over prepared, and we probably shot our wad. It's, but uh, you know, we're hoping that this will still be a really good show, and, even though we prepared for more than wow. 45 so to so to continue that analogy, you're going with I should be going to sleep. <laughs> He needs a refractory period after that preparatory session. <laughs> and by way of stating, if anybody is new to the Sexy Marriage Radio audience, Shannon and I are not married to each other. Uh, we are representing two different relationships, and we just join forces for this show and for this getaway because it, it just makes things so much better to have different perspectives, different relationships that are added to this. And so that's the whole goal. If you're here, welcome. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to us because it truly is an honor when I see 
you know, the, the numbers keep going up. Mm-hmm. And it's such a humbling thing to be invited into people's lives. We're over 100,000 downloads every month. Usually, correct? yep. And so that is mind-boggling it to is. think of the impact. That I was looking at having. statistics and um, on just the history of this, and I love it, made this comment to bre- at breakfast this morning with a couple we were having breakfast with, that the first show got four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it first was released, we had four downloads. Oh. Like, that's a pretty big jump. That's a pretty big jump. And, and it's funny because, and I'm no, I'm no accountant, but that's a pretty big jump. Um, that's like a 250 thousand percent jump. I'm not even, like I'm not even going to try to go there. But it was funny because Pam made the comment. I think two of them were her and I. So we we got. <laughs> Well, I think that the reason that it has um, gained momentum like it has to the point of 100,000 downloads is because of my jokes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely it was. Okay, so we're talking about the importance of physical intimacy. Yes. For the low desire, for, oh, for the high desire partner. Well, here's the thing. Yesterday, as I was driving in from Tyler, I was pouring over a plethora of emails that we've gotten. I was coming all the way back since like last this past March. Um, looking for what would be the best show topics to cover with a live audience. And repeatedly, there were several emails at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Well done. Um, saying, could you please do a show on the importance of physical intimacy for men? I kept hearing that over and over. However, this morning, while I was doing my session, one of our audience members was really insightful to call attention to the she's, fact. She's right there. I can see her. She's right there. I can see her. She's waving. over there. That's right. And she's from Tyler, Texas. Um <laughs> Uh, that it, this is not just a message for women because mm-hmm. oftentimes women are the high desire spouse in that can be absolutely. And so this is not just importance of physical intimacy for men. This mm-hmm. is the importance of physical intimacy for the high desire spouse. Absolutely. Yeah. Be- because well, when you say there's a, compo- a, a, a re- correlation between sex and intimacy, that's probably one of the most no duh statements that there could be in marriage. A lot of times I think we put this whole intimacy means sex, right? Except for the low desire person doesn't always think of it I, in those terms. Exactly. But if you think about it, we all say, I mean, that's one of the things I'll hear in my practice a lot is they'll be talking about, well, we want to be intimate and we want to have, you know, we want to have intimacy. And I have to stop them and say, what does that really mean? To you. R- right. Because right. it could be differences, you know, because you could have a different definition of what intimacy is and it may or may not include sex. Same with me. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's important to recognize what we're talking about is the physical components of it. Right. The touching... The snuggling, the foreplay, the sexual encounters, the whatever mm-hmm. you include in your sexual repertoire or whatever you would like to include in your sexual repertoire okay. that you haven't had the opportunity to yet. Um, and one of the things that I was talking about this morning, Corey, is, is that this goes so much deeper than just, I want somebody to touch me. I want somebody to play. I remember that movie, was it The Wedding Singer, where Adam Sandler's friend was saying, yeah, we'll, we'll find somebody to play with your ding-a-ling type of thing. Like, <laughs> that was the goal of just, I want somebody to touch this body part of mine. <laughs> um, but it goes so much deeper mm-hmm. than that. There is a deep psychology to human desire. Yeah. And it's something um, you know, that we are certainly born with, that, that desire to connect with other human beings. Um, and it starts out with just eye-to-eye contact as babies form bonds with their mother mm-hmm. and father and it evolves uh, throughout childhood and then into puberty and into adulthood and that as adults this is the definition of play is, yeah. that, is that we like to play sexually that's that's just kind of how the whole thing works um, yeah because what, what comes to my mind is middle school yeah I don't, Why that's kind of that's kind of random right there but yeah take us back take no us on it's the just journey. it's just because Somebody think, play the background music think, think about 
because it's going a long we way did, back. We did go history. way back in time, yeah, <laughs> so I get that. But it, it reminds me of if you, t- if you watch middle schoolers interact with each other, when you're when it's awkward enough that you want to let somebody know you like them, you figure out how to touch them. And lots of times it's the push, it's the hit, it's the pester, it's the whatever. Yep. And it's, it's still touch. And it's like, I don't know what to do with these emotions you're, you know, creating in me. So. Right. And then it evolves into the yawn trick. At the oh, that's theater. a great move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so mm-hmm. tired. Or hey, how are you, baby? Draping the blanket across their laps on the school bus so they can hold hands underneath. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm sure you never did that. Never, never, never. (laughs) Pam's thinking, yeah, he was never that smooth. (laughs) Sorry. Well done. I like it. I told you that's when the numbers go up. (laughs) I like it. Here we go. But it is one of those that we, we have this desire to touch. That's human nature. Yeah? Yes. And so it's even more prominent in a high desire partner because there's something about I want to show you my feelings for you so I want to touch mm-hmm. and I want to be touched mm-hmm. however the low desire spouse can interpret that as you want something from me mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. Um, I love the conversation that we had last night Corey when you posed the question that um, that I said if you just change the one little word it would totally change the definition right. you want to go there well, we we already did. So it's the <laughs> idea. Explain what it's, it is. Yeah, it's the idea of it can often be from the low desire partner could have the stance of what you want it again. And my response to that was if you just change the word it to me, what you want me again? That's like the biggest compliment in the world. It's not about just wanting sex or just wanting to be touched. Okay. It's wanting to be touched by you. It's wanting to be touched by their partner, by their mate, okay. by their playmate. Okay. I like that, but it's also, I got to come at it from the other side okay. of what you want me again can also fall right into the, oh, here we go. I got something else I have to do. Mm, the to-do list. Yeah. It can be a, you're sucking me dry kind of a thing. The marital and, duty dilemma. Yep. And so it is right. Re- this, to me, it's important to recognize that is a component of what happens in a monogamous relationship that's committed. Yeah. Is that's just a dynamic that's, un- it's inescapable. Well, and talk about what you said last night about how if the numbers change as far as how often you want sex, that the, the, the person who's considered high desire or low desire may change. Oh, just the framing the whole concept of high desire or low desire. That's a good idea just because we've got new people do the show right. every day. And so one of the things that's paramount to know is when we're talking about differences between high desire or low desires, there's always one. You're always either high or low. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. On every topic in everything in marriage, I believe there's always a high and there's always a low. And that could be sex. That could be intimacy. That could be money. That could be saving. That could be spending. That could be coming to the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. That could be because cleanliness. The list could go on and on. It could. So it's recognizing that those are just differences on points of a continuum. It's not right or wrong. Mm-hmm. The high desire is not right and the low desire is not wrong and vice versa. Right. Because you could have something where I give the example that I'm the high desire partner in my marriage. And so if I'm, if something happens with Pam, and I marry somebody else, and now all of a sudden she wants to have sex more than me. I just became the low desire partner, and nothing changed in me. Mm. So it's it's all relative. It's all comparison. Exactly. Yeah, and so we have to learn to come to grips with what does this really mean? Because meaning is what we fight about, is it not? Right. What things represent right. each person? They all mean different. something different. Because right. to a to a, a new mom that has kids crawling all over her, 
being touched might be one of the last things she wants. Right. When you're nursing children yeah. and you I have mean, others I, at your ankles. I and- love the I love the phraseology of a lot of times with the couples I've worked with, I will see this component of she gets so caught up in just motherhood and what that involves that it, it, he now feels like he's fighting for time on the breast. <laughs> the, That's what he is. Playthings got stolen. Because, because she's like, I don't want anything else touching me. Right. Right. And so it's like now all of a sudden he's at a disadvantage. And this is just the gender thing of ha- just because of child rearing. But right. it's still that can still happen as you go along of I feel like all you want is something more from me. And that's I just want to impress upon our audience and our listeners that I think that's just part of a component of a relationship. Well, it's the evolution cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. I don't know of very many women who crank those babies out and then go, okay, bring it on, baby, to their husbands. Because <laughs> it's just, it does. It's a very, very yes. draining season. I mean, lots of women's heads are bobbing up and down right mm-hmm. now because we know it takes a lot out of you. However, it doesn't stay that way because um, I think the tide can totally shift when a woman goes through her 40s. And she starts hitting her sexual peak. And now all of a sudden she can become the higher desire spouse, especially yep. if her husband is like in his later forties or fifties and he's starting to slow down a little bit. Well, now the dynamic has totally shifted. Whereas in their twenties and thirties, he was the high desire and she was low desire. Now she could be considered yep, the higher could. desire and he could be considered Cause this is a fluid, desire. this is a fluid thing. And I want Very people to fluid. recognize that it's just part of a process. It's part of a continuum and that there's nothing wrong going on. It's just, it's designed that way. Right. So when we go back to the idea of importance of touch, what makes it so important? I'll let you kind of lead the charge or by the deer in their headlights, look, I'll go with it. Okay. Um, well, I was, just, I was just thinking about um, what we talked about earlier, the psychology of what it represents to you to mm-hmm. be touched. Um, that again, we're wired for play. And so to have a partner who considers himself your playmate and is willing to come out and play. I, I just remember when I was a little kid, uh, Davey Rogers would come and pound on my door. And the question was always, can Shannon come out and play? And if I if, if I had done all my chores or we had finished dinner mm-hmm. or whatever and I could go out and play, Davey was a happy camper. But if Shannon couldn't go out and play, Davey was not a happy camper <laughs> at all. And he would just sit there and pout on the front porch step until I finished my chores or until I was allowed to go out and play. Same dynamic holds okay. true in our marriage. Like when we want our playmate, kind of nothing else will do until we have that that energy and that adventure and that exchange of mm-hmm. it really is all about energy. It is an exchange of human energy. Yeah. Um, and so that concept of being touched by the person that we have aligned ourselves with for life, it represents acceptance. It represents approval. It represents passion and pleasure mm-hmm. and all the things that we associate with being fully alive. Yeah. Um, I, I frequently will tell women, stop worrying about the whole thing of, you know, a lot of women feel guilt if they feel horny. They just assume that being horny means that I'm somehow being sinful or a bad girl or something like that. And I tell them, just substitute the word horny with the word alive because dead people don't get horny. Only alive people do. And the hornier you get, I know, the hornier, I know, all those years of working in a mortuary paid off with that little tidbit of knowledge. Um, (laughs) But the the hornier you are, the more alive you are and the more engaged and connected Mm -hmm. you are with the spouse, with your spouse, the more alive you feel. Right. Keeps us young. It does. And so I'm going to go with the idea of what's so important about touch is because now we're talking about involving our largest organ on our body. I would assume you're talking about the brain. No. No? 
What? Skin. Skin. Hey, okay, a couple okay. people paying attention. Okay. So, because that's the whole component of where, how many senses are in our skin. Mm. And the whole idea of touch that it, and it's so interesting and fascinating to me to think about where's the line of non-sexual to sexual? I mean, obviously you're talking genitalia, breasts, and that kind of stuff. Now you're sexual, but so what? But holding hands. A lot of in between. Holding hands can be sexual. Right. And not. But touch is such a vital thing. I mean, they've, they have done studies that show infants without touch won't survive. Right. Their APGAR scores plummet. Mm -hmm. They have to feel the bonding and connecting with another human being. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also when there is skin to skin touch, it releases oxytocin. Yep. And I'm sure that our listeners have heard it before, but I'll say it again. The oxytocin flow works either in an upward spiral or a downward spiral. The more you touch, the more you want to be touched because that's how oxytocin works. It makes you crave more yep. of the connection that you have with the person that you feel bonded to. But it also works in a downward spiral of the less you're touched, the less you want to be touched. Yeah. And you work yourself into your own state of frigidity. And you have to work yourself out. That's This is not something that your spouse can do for you. Uh, other than just be available. Well, but yeah, I think they can, I think mind. they can help. Sure. You and and a lot of times mind. it's going to be, you need to say to them, you know what? I've, I'm recognizing I'm a little touch averse. Mm. And so I'm going to start challenging myself. I mean, this is one of the things I think of that happened in, in Pam and I's marriage is when I was learning, when I was in school and I'm learning this whole concept of growing up and differentiation, which is a psychobabble term for the theory I believe in that. I recognize we all have thresholds of, you know, when I reach the togetherness threshold and I, I start to get uncomfortable, you know, if, if, if you and I are sitting too close to do this show, it's very likely at some point I would slide my chair, just kind of a subconscious. Yeah. It's just kind of a, give me some space. Mm -hmm. And every one of us in this room has this. And we do the same thing on the opposite end of the spectrum that when we have separate times, that there's a, a component where I start to feel lonely. And so I reach out to somebody or I hop on Facebook because that feels like a connection or I do something. And so it's recognizing all of these are revealing something in ourselves. And one of the things that happened to me was before we had kids, Pam and I were laying on the couch watching a movie, nothing sexual happening, unfortunately. And how you doing, babe? Um, and it was one of those that I'll, all of a sudden at some point, you know, it's just a nice cuddle time. And at some point, I just got up and I moved over to the chair on the other side of the room. And as soon as I sit down, I'm like, what was that about? You know, this is kind of all going on in my own head. Because she didn't even, I mean, she knew I moved, obviously, but she just repositioned and we just kept watching the movie because we didn't have kids. So there's no interruptions and we could actually watch a movie. And so I'm sitting there thinking, what is that about? And it, I really, it, it clicked in me. I just reached my togetherness quotient. You know, I just reached the level of comfort that I had with that kind of connection. Mm -hmm. So now I'm faced with, what do I want to do with it? And this is why I'm going there. This is taking me a while to set it up. But for our listeners, this is an important thing to know. The way we deal with these kinds of discomfort things is we have to learn the t to tolerate the discomfort that comes along with it. Mm -hmm. We cannot just say, let me teach you better how to be close to me. There's yeah, nothing, nothing, well, <laughs> this has nothing to do with sex. This has, nothing, this has to do with being more in control of my own life. Yeah. And so what I did was I just had this own self-talk of, you know, you know what you say, you love that woman. What are you doing sitting across the room? Mm -hmm. Get up and get over there. Mm -hmm. And so I do, and I sit down 
And I say, rather than laying beside you, can we sit beside each other? And she's absolutely, because she's got no clue what's going on in my weird little head. So she's like, fine. And so we just finished the movie that way. But there's still a component of I'm uncomfortable with this. And it's not anything she's doing. It's the fact that we're together. And so it's me learning how do I soothe myself when I'm uncomfortable and not just react and run, Mm. which that's human nature is we want to flee fight or flight when we get uncomfortable right? or we fight and we change it. So they will flee. Right. Which that's the whole game. Yeah. So it's recognizing I need to learn to tolerate some discomfort. And sometimes that might mean I want to touch more. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point where I guess we would say to the low desire partner, of recognizing the high desire partner might be coming at you just saying, touch is so vital to me because of what it means. Is there a way we could increase it by 5%? Right. And it's not just touch in general, like anybody else could meet this need in me. It's touch with you. Well, yeah, it's not something we would recommend is find other people to help increase your touch level. Right. Well, and actually that reminds me one Sunday in church, um, there was a focus on how many widows and single people attend church and that they have not had a hug all mm-hmm. week because they don't have anybody in their life who's meeting that physical need. And my immediate thought as I was sitting there looking around the room is I thought, I bet there's a lot of married women, mm-hmm. especially in this room right now, probably men too, that, yeah, they're married and they do have somebody to meet that need, but yet they still feel touch deprived. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because touch, I mean, think about how, when you go through your day, how, how often are you touched? Well, it's according to what season of life you're in. I was actually just thinking Fair. about the fact that, that that season of life where we have kids around our ankles and one at our breasts and baby on the hip and all that kind of jazz, that evolves. And mm-hmm. I don't know that we ever, as moms, really can identify the day that our children stop clinging to us mm-hmm. um, or identify the day that they stop inviting us to snuggle with them two minutes and read them a story in their bed. But, you know, it eventually happens. Um and so, you know, are we cognizant of when our physical needs aren't being met as much by other people? And mm-hmm. are we more in tune with, okay, we need to step it up with our spouse, especially like as the, yeah. the as the kids enter their teenage years and an empty nest, like we need to be all the more focused on marriage and intimacy within that relationship. Yeah, just because touch is such an important thing. And I think even the high desire partner could have the components of, I don't even know what touch means. I just know I want it. Right. And so it, it might mean you need to get more specific. And this is one of the things I recommend a lot for couples is you need to hug more mm. because a, a hug is such a fantastic thing. Right. And I don't mean hug where you teepee it. You know, this isn't hugging a stranger. <laughs> sister hug. Yeah. This isn't the leaning in and hey, uh, you know, their this neck is a only. stand on your own two feet and hug your partner. Mm. Stand on your own two feet and hold your wife, right. hold your husband and don't let it go beyond that. Just hug. Yeah. And see what happens with you and with them, because that's the whole thing of what happens where we start reading each other and we read ourselves, and it gets really complex in our audience that's here right now. So those of you that are listening and miss this, <laughs> sorry, come next year. Um, you, we're going to talk some about this of what do you do with this to get more out of this component in our life? Right. And I think that um, that whole notion of a hug is very important. But what I have my clients do, and what I have found to be far more beneficial in our marriage, is um, for one spouse to hold the other one in their arms mm-hmm. and, so where they can have face-to-face and eye-to-eye contact. Because when you think about the bonding that takes place between a mother and a child, which yeah. we were all babies at one time, it wasn't, you know, just over-the-shoulder hug type of thing. It was... <laughs> 
laying in your mother's arms yep. attached to the breast and there's face to face and eye to eye contact there. And so in, in those positions where he is holding mm. her like a baby or she's holding him like a That's baby and they're a, able mean, to talk eye to eye, the combination of eye to eye, skin to skin and voice to voice is far more powerful than just wrap your arms around each other and give a hug. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I like that because I, I just had the visual of what's more tender than a mother nursing her child. Exactly. And she's looking down at him while it's happening. She's not, and she's most just, likely at the beginning, she's most likely not Facebooking and everything <laughs> here, get it done so I can get all this done. It's, it really is a bond. Right. And there's actually been studies really mm-hmm. discouraging moms even having a cell phone in hand while they're nursing their child because they're missing out on that bond that that child needs. But yeah, totally. And the child is totally relaxed mm-hmm. and they're being nourished. That bonding that's taking place, that can continue even on into marriage. Sure. Um, and then also something that you said earlier, I wanted to kind of focus in on because for the low desire partner listening, I think that there needs to be an acknowledgement if they are touch averse. Yeah. And if they are, why is that? Yeah. Like, was physical touch just not a culturally accepted practice in your family of origin? Is it because you've been physically abused and the notion of being skin to skin or the threat of physical intimacy, is that scary to you? Mm-hmm. Like, those are wounds that need to be healed mm-hmm. because no one comes into marriage to feel ignored or to feel marginalized or put on the shelf. Your spouse needs you to overcome that hurdle so that you can meet them somewhere in the middle and, and to where you both can create this oxytocin flowing, go, oxytocin flow going because you both need it. Yeah. Oxytocin is great whether you're touch averse or not, whether you're the high desire or low yeah. desire. Oxytocin is healthy all the way around for every human being. Absolutely it is because it's, it bonds us with people and that's where we got to be very, very careful. Because we've done the series on affairs and infidelity that we did after going and seeing Esther Pearl. Mm-hmm. And it's recognizing we can seek touch in a lot of different ways that are completely appropriate. Mm-hmm. But then you can also seek touch that's inappropriate. And this right. goes back to, I think we've been advocates of 100% of our sexual energy needs to be directed towards our marriage. Right. And so if you've got possibilities of touching other people, okay, there's business touch. There's the chuck on the shoulder touch. There's right. the hug that you can do that's on the side or... But it's also just recognizing I need to make sure I'm very, very clear about the line. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that I'm just hypersensitive to because of what I do for a living. Right. That I have people sharing some intimate details. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those recognizing I got to be very, very careful mm-hmm. all the time about what am I doing with me and how I seek touch because mm-hmm. it's such a vital thing. I mean, watch children. Right. How do they seek out touch? All the time. Yeah. I mean, they fight. They, they wrestle. They, they play, they, it, right. it, it's just an, in, it's just a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was uh, a gal in our audience who participated this morning in the discussion about oxytocin. What was the little tidbit that you threw out about oxytocin? Yeah. That that our senses are heightened. Right. So we need to hold on. We need to clarify because it's not those that are listening will not know what was just said. Okay. Because the microphones won't pick that up. But it's basically the idea of that when when our oxytocin is heightened, we're able to read cues, and when we have oxytocin flowing, we can read cues and connect and feel right. Nonverbals. So it's a better connection. Right. With whoever you're with. So it sharpens our brain's ability to mm-hmm. connect and to bond. And her husband also pitched in with a great concept this morning that as a salesman, if he feels accepted by his wife, 
because the the needs for physical touch have been met, mm-hmm. it gives him a lot more confidence to go out on those sales calls and not fear rejection. But if he's getting rejection at home, that can really rob his confidence level to go in and make the sale. And so yeah. I think that that oxytocin flow and that connection and that bonding and that physical touch need being met, it translates into so many different areas of our life. It can be it can impact us career wise, financially, yeah. medically, uh, all kinds of health benefits to this oxytocin that we've been talking about. So yeah, if you're touch averse or just a low desire partner, you might just want to really explore why do I have a tendency to gravitate in that direction and what would it take for me to just lean a little bit in yeah. the other direction? I like what you said, even 5%. Yeah. And even a 5% improvement would, would make a lot of difference. And I want to add the component of if, if you are recognizing that you're the high desire and what you're wanting is some sort of outcome with touch. And you're frustrated because you're not getting it. And so you're re- withholding, seeking the touch. What's that about? Great. It's, you know, it's it, not going to inspire your no, partner. I mean, it's hard to hug a porcupine. <laughs> but, but it's just recognizing, am I being genuine and real and offering all of me? Or am I just wanting something from you that I'll do whatever it takes to get it? And that's a manipulation. That, I was going to say that's manipulation. And most people are quick to pick up on. I feel like sure. I'm being manipulated here. Sure. And that's and not marriage. That, yeah, we don't want that in marriage as much as possible just because, no, this is a component of collaboration together. Right. I, and I can envision them getting pouty, kind of like David Rogers, you know, just like not, not getting their way type of a thing. And so asking yourself, as you have often challenged our listeners to ask themselves, what are you bringing to the table that's worth desiring? Yeah. Yeah. How do we invite it? Right. Well, this has been fun. I love doing live shows. I mean, I love it because we got an audience. This is a great thing. So thank you for taking some time out of your day. It's an honor every week when we are invited into your homes, your bedrooms, your cars, your, your, your brains. We love it. So wherever you are. And we oh. want to say a special shout out to Lael Harrison and CovenantSpice.com who created or who sent some some cool toys for our uh, yep. getaway participants to check out. And I hope you'll check them out at CovenantSpice.com yeah. as well. All right. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, hope it leads to some fantastic times together. We love you for listening. See you next time. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at SexyMarriageRadio.com by clicking on the purple button.